<laughs> I believe that's it, man. Close. I believe yeah. it. Maybe that's what uh, all my friends are coming back from Nam and and you know bringing that shit with them. Yeah, yep. in years past, I've heard about like the the Nam flu is a thing. Like everybody yeah, goes to Nam and yeah. then Nam tracks. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> is there a way to incorporate Nam and Typhoid Mary in some sort of word so that you we could probably figure it out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, jump on uh, jump on Facebook or Twitter and <laughs> let us, the most let us know. creative. You know, it's a it's a coupling of words, yeah. and you know, or col col Jane or something. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's it, man. You got it, Zach. Zach nailed it. I win. I win. Yeah. I Never win mind the way. hashtag contest. Cancel it. You just you just won the internet. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so uh, so other than uh, other than the flu, what's what's going on uh, in in Nick Ruffini world and drummers resource world? So. Um, so yeah, so like I moved. Um, we, we talked about it on the last on the last roundtable. Like I was I would I, I was just getting ready to move out to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved out here. I got like the literally the first week I was here, I got a rehearsal spot. I got a gig, um, all that, which was like super cool. Um, so then um, I don't know. It's been it's been kind of weird here because I, I'm sort of I'm a little bit far out of the city. Um, so it's, there's not like a, there's not a huge scene exactly where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I kind of, without, without saying too much, I think that we may be relocating again. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a little bit hesitant to like put all this work in and lay all this groundwork to leave again. Right. Right. Um, so I've been I've been really focusing on on the podcast and I've been I've been doing a lot of um, consulting inside of the music business for people who want to start podcasts and start and run podcasts. So mm. like working working with labels and management companies and artists and stuff like that. Um, so whether they're coming out with a new record or, you know, they want to they want to have their own like their own podcast uh properties and stuff like that. So we're, I started a whole production company and that's what I've been really focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I, it's so weird, man. I just, I just haven't been playing that much. Hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wondered about that. Um, it, I, I saw you put up a Facebook post about starting, like trying to start a funk band. Um, Oh, funk muscle. Ago. Funk muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the name. What can I use this with? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I took you literally and seriously, but were you just like looking for an excuse to use the term funk muscle? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I like I want to I, I do. Here's here's my goal. So, like, I actually the other day I got I got asked to um, to do some sub work for uh, like a, a pretty, a, like a really well-known top 40 cover band. They tour, like they go, they tour internationally and all kinds of stuff. And I, I was legitimately like, dude, I just don't think I'm the right guy for the gig. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's not the stuff that I want to play. And I've never been like a top 40 cover band kind of guy. Not that I'm not knocking it. Not that there's anything wrong wrong with it right i just choose not to play that so Mm -hmm. for me i think that if i'm going to if i'm going to start 
another or be involved in another project or something like that. I want it to be music that I really want to play. So I do want to start like either an organ trio or start uh, like, you know, like an old school, like funk R&B group with like I want a bass player, a guitar player and an organ player and myself. And yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like I don't need I don't need to go out and like play living on a prayer <laughs> You know, <laughs> like I just like I've like I've done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and we um, we, we covered a little bit of this last time. I, I, I think that you guys brought up or Nick, maybe you did bring up this idea of kind of cultivating something that or being more selective about gigs. And I just laid it out on the table that it's not something that I've done in recent years. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't feel. Yeah, yeah, I remember you talked about that. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think that if you you kind of have to decide, like, it, can I create a work environment that really sets up the right parameters for the kind of gig and the kind of music that I want to play? And and man, I think it's awesome, and I I, I admire that. I I think that at certain depending on how you want to work or how you want to spend your time, uh, sometimes that works really well. And, and, but, but like for me, my, my goals are maybe are a little bit simpler as far as musical music. Um, mm -hmm. that it, it's, for me, it's, it's just more about, uh, finding work in whatever kind of musical genre, uh, and there's trade-offs. There's, I think, there's pros and cons to, to both those ideas. Mm -hmm. One hundred percent. Yeah. I I uh, think about um, you know, musicians who are are choosier about the the gigs they choose to accept, um, versus uh, guys which I I think me and Matt would fall into the second category, which is like we're we're pretty open to to whatever opportunities come along. Um, but where, where I get choosy and, and where I try to be discerning and, and set myself up for a good experience is, um, who I choose to play with yeah. and, and what those gigs are going to feel like, um, as opposed to exactly what music we're playing. Um, sure. Sure. And, you know, my my time in Atlanta so far has been a, a great example of how I've been, uh, fortunate to play a lot of different types of music. Um, but the thing that almost all of them have in common is I'm playing with people I really like who are really great musicians um, who, you know, are as prepared as I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so th like that, that goes into like how, you know, when I, when I get a, a gig offer, I'm not thinking so much about like, what kind of music is this? I'm thinking about how is this gig going to feel like, mm -hmm. is, <laughs> mm -hmm. do these people have the potential to piss me off? Um, does it, does it have the potential to be just a bad work environment? Um, and you know, the, the answer is almost always no, like it's, it's great people here. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but it's the, you know, it's the old thing about the, uh, the the gig triangle like there's the money there's the music and there's the hang and right. you got to hit two out of three mm -hmm. i you know i think for me like i i like there was just, there was so many years where i was playing you know 200 dates a year right mm -hmm. and but i was i loved i had two two main projects that i was when i was like hitting hard and we were i was doing like Probably, yeah, like two, I don't know, like 200 dates a year, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. But both projects I really loved. I loved the bands, you know, like we were playing a ton of original music. We were, 
Um, if we were playing covers, we were playing like totally like obscure covers and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. now, like, I was in a weird situation because when I moved to New York, I didn't, you know, my network was in Philly. So, um, so I moved to New York and I wanted to get drummers resource started. Then I moved out here and I know no one in the Bay area at all. And so part of this is probably an excuse on my part where I'm like, no, I just haven't found the right situation. I haven't really looked for the right situation either, to be honest with you. Um, but, but I have had a couple of people call where I'm just like, man, I just, I like I don't know if this makes me like not a real musician or not a real drummer or whatever, but I'm like, I'd rather not go play in a bar for a hundred bucks on a Friday night. I'm like, I'd rather just hang out with my wife because I don't need right. the money because I have like I have a quote unquote day gig through Drummers Resource. Right. So playing is not my is not my main source of income. So I guess I can be more selective. And like every day I'm like, man, I want I still want to get into a really great project that's challenging that I really enjoy the music. I really enjoy the people who I'm playing with. And that'll come. You know, I, I know that that will come. So I'm um, yeah. not that like I'm not just sitting on the couch waiting for the for the phone to ring. But I know that that opportunity is going to to come when I'm ready for it. And when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out and actually do this. I'm either going to start my own thing or I'm going to be in a town where where I'm settled and I know that we're not going anywhere right. for a while. Right. And and I can and I really feel good about like laying some groundwork and not being distracted with with other things like trying to grow drummer's resource or whatever it is. Right. And so I don't I don't know if you're at liberty uh, to say, but but where might you be relocating? And is it your your wife's career or your career or both that is taking you there? Uh, it would be L.A. Mm. Um, and it would be it was no music. My man. I don't know. <laughs> there is, and the weather's horrible. <laughs> um, I, it would be more it would be more for my career. Mm hmm. Uh, um, so that's something that we're that uh, that I struggle with because I'm sort of taking my wife away from what she's doing right now. Right. Um, so we've to, I mean, it's we've to figure that out. Um, so I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen because she has a great gig and she doesn't want to leave it. And I don't want her to leave it. So we're trying to figure out like, oh, maybe there's a way that she can sort of work remotely or or mm-hmm. something like that. So. Um, but for me, I feel like I'm stagnating here I did, because there's just not, there's not a scene here. Yeah. And yeah. these are, um, and man, these are a lot of things that, you know, when we're first started starting to get into the business and, and I know that you as well as us have a lot of listeners in their late teens, early twenties that are trying to kind of tap into what's happening. What can I learn from these podcasts to, you know, ready myself for the business and, they forget. It's like, well, then life happens. And um, mm-hmm. not everybody, but a lot of us create relationships and get into this. It's just part of life. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's not about you. It's, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a collective thing that's happening that, that decisions have to be made if it together and and it affects each other you know especially in 2018 compared to 1958 i mean your partner has a career and 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 that's important and a life that's important to them as much if not more so than than your sorry ass so (laughs) (laughs) right you know though all those things are are important and i think that uh in a in a business where 
it is very much about you and your career and promoting yourself and and uh, those kinds of things. You really have to take into consideration the other person in your life or people, sure. depending on what's going on. Yeah, yeah and it, and I think it depends. You know, you can be you can be more or less selfish depending on your situation, right? So yeah, you can be yeah. if you're single, you can be super you can be super selfish, which I don't think is selfish, but you know, no, let's just let's just use that for yeah. uh, for mm-hmm. a lack of a better word. But you know, and then if you're married, now it's like okay, well now I I can't be as selfish, but mm-hmm. I can still be like, hey, I really wanna I really wanna do this. And then when you have kids, you can be even less selfish. You know, yeah. so it's like. Yeah depending on on where you're at in your career and what your what your home life situation is and some guys are like super selfish about it and they get married and they have kids and they're never home and then yep. you know then they regret it when they're 50 right um yeah and i i don't know about you guys but i never wanted i never wanted to be in that situation like i had i had chris layton on the podcast uh from you know right. stevie ray vaughn double trouble and one of the things he said it in passing but it really resonated with me was that he was like, yeah, I'm a drummer. It's not who I am, but it's what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, yeah, I'm a sure. drummer. Yeah. I love mu- I love drumming. I love music. Yeah. It's like the only thing that's that's ever really made sense to me, but it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be I I'm not just going to be defined by like whether I'm playing drums professionally or not. It's like, it's just part of what I do. Like I do a lot of other things too. And I like a lot of other things, right? you know, like you guys, you know, like we were talking, you know, we're talking about like food and wine and I know Zach's really into cooking and you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like you just happen to play drums too. Right. And there's, uh, you know, people, people who make what they do, uh, part of their identity. Like, I, I don't think that's a bad thing to do necessarily, but mm-hmm. I think a Me lot neither. of people, a lot of people take it too far and, and sort of deprive themselves of allowing mm-hmm. other things into their yeah. identity, yeah. um, and, and, and deprive themselves of other life experiences. Like you I mean, a simple example is how you said, uh, you know, I don't want to go play in a bar for a hundred bucks. I want to stay home and hang out with my wife. And, uh, yeah. you know, I can, I can totally relate to that because if you have like, you know, other things in your life that are important to you and that you love, then, um, you're, you're willing to, you know, put, put music or drumming or whatever it is that drives you on the back burner from time to time to just like experience whatever else life has to offer, whether that's hanging out and watching TV with your wife or going on vacation for a week or, you know, learning about some other hobby or skill or craft or whatever. Um, I've I've always had trouble relating to um, musicians, especially who um, who just eat, breathe, sleep, shit music all right. the time. Right. Um, and and, you know, I, music, and like, music I don't... needs those people because they push the envelope of of creativity and 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 all that shit. Um, but I it, I just that's it's it's not a life I want. Right. And I'm not willing. I, I think to piggyback on what you're saying, like I'm not willing to give everything up for that. Right. Right. You know, like I like things, you know, like I like doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like other things. Is that the pickup line that, you used yeah. on your wife? I like, things. you like, things? I like, things. I like things. <laughs> <laughs> Many leather bound books. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like, there's, and I, and I, I've asked this a lot of times. I've asked a lot of my guests on the podcast, like, are you, are you a person who lives and dies by 
by playing drums. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, is it like if you could never play drums again, like, is your life going to end for me? I'm like, no, I just do something else. Yeah. But and sometimes the answer is yes. And that's not right or wrong. That's, that's no, 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 not at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, uh, one thing you, you said, Zach, is to not judge someone's lifestyle, but to remind them that don't deprive yourself of all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, creating certain things in your life, whether it's, you know, an interest in other things outside of music or building upon relationships and friendships, man, I can't imagine that not helping your playing, your ability to relate to other musicians um, Mm -hmm. on the gig, um, and just just making life that much better and making you a happier person to be around and to work with. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I I think it's one thing if you, if you're, if you deprive yourself and you're cool with it, right? Right. You're like, man, this is like what I... This is what I want to do. I think that's fine. I think that if you're doing it because you feel like you should or because other people have. Or, right. And we talked about this last time. Like I had a really hard time when I was like, I like other things other than drumming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really, I was really like in this weird place. And I was thinking the drum gods were going to like, you know, strike me down. And, <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was a weird thing where I was like, man, I kind of like, but then I realized that like, okay, I grew up in business so like i real, i've always been i've always been um you know attracted to that side of it still music business is you know is where i've really been um where i've been trying to focus some more effort but it's still like it's a departure from from just drumming and the interesting thing though is like i've always been interested in real estate like Mm -hmm. literally since i was like i mean i had a i had a uh i had a real estate company like when i was 20 uh, I don't know, 25 or something like that. And then, um, so, and I've even thought about that now. I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I could get into real estate, you know? And then mm-hmm. I'm like, but that's not music. And then I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and even just the thought of it though, it like makes me, I'm like, I get scared about it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'll, like you, you think, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't know. Have more money to play with your music career. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, right. You, you, right. You know, it's funny. Oftentimes it's, it's confusing when you, you know, when you talk to somebody like Ray Luzier and like what an incredible drummer he is and like his facility and all these things. And he tell, tells you like, yeah, I used to spend like six, eight hours a day for years practicing and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I want that. I want to be mm-hmm. able to play. I want to be able to achieve that level of playing, especially when I was younger. And I would look at that. And it's like, that's what I should do. Or that's, but I didn't do that, you know. <laughs> I went to a right. liberal arts college, and I learned about history and learned about. I did other things, and I I met my wife there, and I met some really great friends, and I did other things outside of music, mm-hmm. and I think it's difficult sometimes to accept the fact that. Well, I have to I have to say some. Um, I uh, had a chance to have lunch uh, or have uh, dinner with Bob Breithaupt, who was my teacher in college at Capital University, and he was in Nashville for a thing with Innovative Percussion and invited a bunch of uh, alumni to have dinner, and I hadn't seen him in like 15 years, and um, one of the one of the alumni is Matt Billingsley, who uh, plays drums with Taylor Swift, and Matt and I have known each other for many years, 
And I overheard him talking to this 20-year-old drummer that was still in school and, and was like sitting next to Matt and thinking, oh, wow, man, Matt's got this incredible gig and he's doing all this stuff. And I just overheard Matt say in passing, he goes, you know, everybody's path is different. Mm-hmm. And you can't get mm-hmm. obsessed with what can I do to get where this person is, you know, to get to where this guy, this girl is at in the music business. I need to follow their path exactly. And I just, I don't, I think that is a futile exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It totally is. Um, and the, and like the age comparison thing. Totally. Like, totally. Oh, this guy was doing this when he was 25 and I'm 25 now and I haven't done that yet. And it's mm. like, man, you don't know. Like, you know, especially mm. when I like I, I didn't start playing drums until I was 15. Mm-hmm. So I was a I was a latecomer to the game. Mm. And so I would see guys that are like 22, 23. And I'm like, man, they're 22, 23 and they're doing this. And I'm and I'm not. But it's like, well, I've only been playing for seven years. They mm-hmm. they may have been playing. They may be playing for fifteen years. They're mm-hmm. they're twice. They're they have double the time right into this game than I do. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, like you said, like everyone has a different path. Well, like, my joke, my every, joke. Yeah, yeah. And people say, man, how long have you been playing drums? And I'm at the point where I say, I long that long enough that I should be a lot better than I am. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because when you're a kid, you're like, man, I've been playing for three years. Yeah, how long you been playing? I've been playing for five years. Now I'm just like, damn, I should be at that. You know, that projection when you were when you were just like, you know, gaining ground year by year. I'm like, I should Mm -hmm. be a freaking beast after 25 years of playing. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. (laughs) (laughs) Posting the wrong videos, aren't I? No, I think I think the older you get, like the more time that goes by as a drummer, the more um, the more your practice time and the more your definition of improvement is um, has has less to do with like the acquisition of new skills and more to do with the like the honing of whatever your identity is. Mm -hmm. Um, At least that's that's what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. in in the last few years. Um, You know, I'm uh, I've I've pretty much given up on on the speed thing on the uh you know like the linear fills thing like i'm just i'm not that drummer i never was that drummer and i'm i'm focusing on uh shit like feel and Mm -hmm. orchestration Mm -hmm. and tone um Mm -hmm. and and all of these things that like when i see a really seasoned drummer when i see a drummer who's who's just making amazing music um that's the stuff that jumps out to me you know well i think on go ahead ahead, Matt. well i was just gonna say uh also as kind of like the way a doctor practices medicine and goes to these forums and figures out what's new uh, I think that we do the same thing because the way you tune your drums, the way you record to kind of keep up with what is trending mm-hmm. with the music that's being recorded, uh, it, then because at my, at my age, I feel like I have the experience and the facility to record, but if I walk in with my snare drum tuned the way I used to tune it in 1994, <laughs> it's not going to be as cool as when I know what kind of muffling and kind of things and, you know, this this the more of a, a trend towards dark sounding cymbals with, with this or that and, and why that is... 
and the three of us kind of have the advantage of digging in deep with some of these drummers that are doing it. Mm-hmm. I hope the listeners too do as well. But that gives that definitely gives me a clue. But but it's it's keeping up keeping up with the Joneses on that stuff. And, yeah. Um, and and the last thing uh, uh, before I uh, sorry to cut you off, Nick. But the oh, no, r- related to what you were saying, uh, Zach was. I've in the last month I've had a little bit of time here and there to work on stuff that hasn't been songs for the next gig or whatever. Right. And um I had luck, you know, again as I often do, had a guest Matt Johnson who's one of my heroes talk about um the things that he works on and one of the things he works on is um just kind of Doing things that are uncomfortable in the practice room, like if you do something with the right hand, do it with the left hand. And, you know, pulling out uh, these not linear things, but trying to do things that you don't normally do and rerouting your brain to think completely different. So I'm playing like left hand on the hi hat, and uh, and getting the new breed book out again, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and sight reading that Hate stuff. Hate that, <laughs> that book. Throw that book in the trash can. It should have never been written. But you know, but but my oh, god, that book is so hard. It, and it, it, <laughs> I love it though. I do love that. I was kidding. I I love that book. Well, Jeez. and here's the thing. I I'm, I missed the point of that book early on. And it, and it took that conversation with Matt to like where the where the hell is that book? It's I know I have it. It took me about three days to find it, and mm-hmm. then now it's like I know what's going on here now. I know why because I used to play not to not to hang on that book too long, but when I used to work on that book originally, I'm like this doesn't sound like anything. When am I ever going to use this? Mm-hmm. Matt helped me realize that when I work on that stuff. Then when I go play right hand lead and do the things that I do and the sound that I have created over many years, it's that much stronger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's because yeah. I'm working on shit that I can't do in the practice room. I, I tell my families, don't listen to me in there. That's <laughs> don't listen to me. But 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 when I go and just do what I what I do and what's comfortable. Man, the time feel just feels that much better. My right foot feels that much better. It's like, and then I'm out of my head, and I'm listening more, and I'm having more fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of practicing that I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, Zach said, or both of you guys are, have mentioned about sort of narrowing in, narrowing your focus a little bit and and saying, okay, let me let me try to refine myself as a player of, of what I what I already do sort of well, let me try to try to get really good at that. Or let me, mm. let me sort of break down some of these nuances. Like I went and had a lesson with Scott and Scott Amendola mm. and he, you know, we sat down and we're just playing and we're chatting and he was like, he's like, you know, you, you play pretty loud. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I was like, like with no dynamic, he was like, no, no, no. He's like, you have dynamics. And he was like, but they're all, like everything you play is loud. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, like I never, you know, I, I guess I never thought about it or never listened, you know, never really listened to myself that way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so recently I've just been going in the practice room and I literally just, I try to play as quietly as mm-hmm. possible. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and play with like a wide range of dynamics. But like but just going in and keeping my whole entire practice routine at like a two Mm -hmm. while you're learning new things or like while you're just playing tunes or whatever it is. So like the test for me is I'll just take an iPhone and just set it there. And if it doesn't sound all staticky and distorted and everything, then I'm doing a half decent job. And if I can practice without earplugs, right, that I'm that I'm doing a good job. And it's hard, man. It is it's such a hard thing. And like up tempo, slow tempo, all that stuff. And then figuring out, OK, let me listen to the dynamics inside of everything that I'm playing, too. Right. So, yeah. you know, yeah. where how, you know, is my kick louder than my snare is yeah. the how's that? Where, what's the mix between the hi hat and the snare and all that kind of stuff and really breaking that stuff down and doing that for a couple of months. And it's like just that. You know, yeah. it's like I, I didn't necessarily learn anything new or like I didn't oh, like you, you did. said I did. I, did. No, I mean, like yeah. I didn't learn any like new linear shit or yeah. whatever, uh-huh. you know, right. but it's like the my playing has has just gotten more and more refined just by just by that kind of stuff. And it's just yeah. making me better at what I'm already good at. Yeah. When it when it comes to like energy and, and groove and pocket and all that stuff, I, I feel like nothing will expose you uh, and expose your weaknesses like playing quiet, because mm-hmm. if, if you can find if you can find intensity and energy and and, you know, groove and pocket and all that stuff we love about drums, if you can find it at a low volume, mm-hmm. um, then it'll be easy at a high volume. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, so many of how, how many of the great drummers that we talk about all the time, uh, like, you know, if you watch videos of them, a lot of them aren't playing very loud. Like you watch videos of Gadsden playing with Bill Withers or something like it's, you know, he didn't play loud. Ringo didn't right. play loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless it's a minor video, then everybody plays <laughs> too fucking loud. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, can I just say something real quick? Just for the record, you... that was Matt Krause. That was <laughs> <Matt Krause. laughs> I, I, I don't go on rants at all, really. Maybe with oh, my but wife. It's going to happen right now. It's I'm, happen. I'm ready. I'm I've, I've seen it a couple times, but rarely. Why is? And there's so many great players. I, I love watching those things, but everybody is playing so loud and so fast in those minor videos. Guys, come on! Your stuff sounds great <laughs> at all volumes. Let's hear something else. Yeah. Dynamics. I'm playing this. I was like, oh. I know, I know. <laughs> well, when I when I was when I was playing with the group Savannah Jack, and we started doing some quieter shows for some older people and stuff like that. I mean, we went from playing this really loud gigs and all of a sudden we had to shift and, and play. A lot of times the drums weren't even mic'd and it I, it, it kicked my Blasphemy. ass. Blasphemy. <laughs> it kicked my ass because... Uh, you, and and I've talked about this before where, you know, 90% of the gigs I do, I've I've got an in-ear monitoring situation and mm-hmm. and and I don't have to I forget to uh like you said Nick um you know kind of uh EQ myself as far as uh what's the dynamic of the hi-hat over the snare drum am I overplaying this or that and then being able to play soft with energy it took me it took me a couple months to kind of find it but then when I found it I was like, I remember this. This is great. 
and then you're yeah. able to throw in some more subtle things that add to your pocket and groove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And talking about EQing yourself, like that's that's one of those things that I put in the category of like honing your sound. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I've been working on too. Uh, and it's something that I'm sure, Nick, uh, you discovered a whole bunch of shit about yourself when you started practicing quietly. Um about it's, it's like, like I, it, I recorded some of it and put it on Instagram and it sounds like I've never played the drums before. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's good advertising, insane. man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get all the gigs. Right. Yeah. So, Check out my Instagram. I sound like a rookie. So yeah. my, my 12 year old comes into my practice room. He goes, dad, why you have a soundproof room, but all your drums are mic'd. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I, so I, you know, cause I mic the drums, I run it through a mixer and I've got, you know, thing I record in there as well, but I also mix myself with the music or whatever I'm working on. So I'm like, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> now get out go do your homework. <laughs> yeah. Back to your origami. Yeah. Thank you. You little shit. Is he still into that? Uh, totally, man. Yeah. He's, it's insane, man. He's it's- a master. You gotta post some of that on Instagram, cause cause Isaac's origami thing is just like mind boggling. He's he's nice. mind bottling, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, hey, so I Matt, a, what? Yeah. What What were you gonna say? I I, I had a quite well. One of the thing I kind of made some notes to try and remind myself of what the hell I've been doing this last year. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> um, again, it's an age thing. No. Um, <laughs> But I wanted to f- I wanted to share some things. Of, uh, one of the things I wanted to share was some of the. F- I mean, we I think we have some things that we all want to say. Like, hey, man, this has been happening. This I've been doing this. I've been doing that. But I I, I kind of want to throw it out on the table of some failures that I've had, some mm. missteps that I've made uh, this last year. Um, and I don't know if you guys are interested in sharing as well, or if yeah, I have haven't, any. I haven't made a single one. But you go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I don't usually I don't make mistakes. So, but uh, but if you want to lay it out there, go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you go. For- yeah, we'll we'll walk you through it. Okay, <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, well, <clears throat> hold on, let me grab this drink here. Um, one of the things I I was talking about uh, when we when we talked last year was like I think I want to get back into teaching, and there were a couple things that kind of fell into my lap where people said, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, if you're looking for something, there's the school of rock thing. I went in there, you know, we had a good conversation. It's like, well, we want to hear you play. I'm like, cool, man. You know, I've been playing forever. I do all this stuff and, you know, all these styles. And I'm like, well, but I didn't really, didn't really prepare. They said, I'll just, just bring some sticks. And I'm like, cool. They're going to want to hear that I actually know how to play. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to think about it. So I go in there, we had a great conversation. And, uh, and then, then I'm like, well, let's hear you play. And I go in there. Now I know this sounds like I'm making up. I'm making excuses, but literally this drum set was falling apart <laughs> and I'm going, uh, okay. And they're like, well, what do you want? I, I never know what to do in these things. You know, it's like, I don't even know what to play when I'm sound checking. I hate that. You Somebody's know, like play something. I'm like, I have no idea what to play. <laughs> I, I'm, I fall in that category. And, and so, and I'm like, well, here's some, here's a, here's a rock thing. Here's a, here's a funk thing. Here's a, you know, here's this Latin groove that I know. Here's this, you know, here's some, you know, I used to play big band and swing and here's, and I'm like, and they're like, hmm, okay. I was like, well, I was like, well, what do you, I don't know. What do you guys want to hear? And like, we'll, we'll play something that would really impress a young person. 
Mm. I'm like, oh, uh, well, sometimes I play rock and roll, Zeppelin, and I don't exactly do the same thing that Bonham does at the end. I said, well, here's something I do. It's kind of a triplet thing, and I do this, and then here's this kind of groove pattern, and you're like, cool. Okay, and I'm like, oh, I just fucked that up. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't the big double kick whatever rock thing that they're looking for. I instantly felt the room, the vibe in the room change. Hmm. And it's like, you're kidding me. I'm like, I can do this. I can teach this stuff in my mm-hmm. sleep. But it wasn't what they were looking for. And yeah. it was it was almost a guarantee, like, yeah, they need somebody now. To By the time I was getting ready to leave, they said, well, thanks, man. You know, we've got a couple other people we're going to listen to. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Mm. And I walk out of there and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like I just blew that somehow. And well, I mean, what I don't... They, you, what did they want to hear? Well, I'm, I don't know, but it... But I didn't. I didn't deliver it, and I I struggled with that for a long time. Now I've done auditions that didn't that I didn't get the gig, and I kind of bum, felt a little bummed. But you know, I moved on. I had other things. It was fine. But it's been a while since I felt that way, and it was kind of the beginning of this new stage in my career where I was leaving an established act and I was starting a new thing. And I'm like, this is part of it. This is going to be great. I'm going to get into teaching. I'm going to do this stuff. So my foyer into teaching was just squashed, and I was like, oh. "Well, I, like going going back to the school of rock gig, like you can you know you can beat yourself up for for feeling like you didn't deliver what they were looking for." Um, but on on the flip side, I I think it it might have just like in that moment when they were like, "Show us something that like will really impress a kid." I think in that moment it exposed itself as as uh, the wrong gig for you, mm-hmm. um, because uh, you know if 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 that's how they're going to market it, if they're going to if they're going to be telling their students and their students' parents, like yeah, our drum teachers are are just going to blow your mind and and you know you're going to be studying all this flashy shit all the time. Um, uh, that's fine, but you don't yeah. strike me as that guy. You don't strike me no. as that kind of teacher. Um, and you know, some sometimes, uh, sometimes what you perceive as as your shortcoming or your failure, um, you know, it's it's a good lesson for the next time you're in a situation. And if you're able to perceive what people are looking for, and you're able to deliver it, and it's a you know, it's a gig you want, great. But but you know, they might've, <laughs> they might've done you a big favor in not hiring you. Well, things um, have worked out. Be, okay. I've got, yeah, you know, and I think yeah. back now, I think, man, if I had that now, it would be stretched way too thin. And is it what I want to do? But uh, again, it was a sobering experience still. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it made me kind of not think, what do I need to do to get that gig? But it's like, do I have everything that I need? Do, do I need? do I need to make sure that I'm 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 keeping up with what's going on? And I, I agree with you, a hundred percent, Zach, with what you're saying. And I think that it, maybe it wasn't it's it wasn't a good fit. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it, it it does it does remind me that you kind of constantly have to reevaluate and make sure that. 
you've you've got the right skills if you want to be a marketable player that does many different things it, 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 kind of my approach and 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 what i want to do within the music business uh as as a player if i want to be less selective about the kind of music you know like how my path is how the decisions that i'm making is a little bit different than nick's yeah. yours you know and and trying to kind of like well what what are all the things that i need to be able to pull out of the tool kit at any mm-hmm. one time for anybody mm-hmm. and yeah there are times that you're going to be like hey i'm not your guy but here's right. the, i mean i've heard guys like eddie bear say Hey, or even Erskine, remember? I mean, he was at a clinic and he was like, he was at a session. He's like, hey, listen, guys, um, you should call Picaro because I'm not your guy. I mean, to hear right. something like that, <laughs> it's like that happens. So anyways, yeah, yeah. so that was, um, that was that. Yeah, it's, it's a tough thing to like when, you know especially when you're under financial pressure, uh, you know, you got to wrangle some gigs, you got to wrangle some teaching. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, you know, we, we should all keep in mind, like, yes, we want to have as many marketable skills as possible. Yes. We want to be in the running for as many gigs as possible, whether it's playing or teaching. Um, but beyond that, um, and I think especially as we get older, cause like when you're in your twenties, you'll just, you'll just say, you know, jump on board with anything and tolerate it for a little while. Um, but beyond that, you know, we we got to be thinking about what we value, what we want, mm-hmm. what we you know what we're willing to tolerate, um, and what you know ways ways to set ourselves up to succeed um, in in things that we choose to say yes to. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I think like you know it kind of goes back to the idea of what we were talking about before about you know what you really want out of it. And it's like what do you what do you want? You know, and I think a lot of times we want something, we think we want something so bad and then we end up either either getting it and we're like, oh, no, this, this isn't really all I thought it was going to be cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. Or you don't get it and you're sort of like heartbroken about it for a minute, like the school of rock thing, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but I would imagine looking back, you're probably like, you know what? I'm probably glad I didn't get the gig. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I posted we have like a neighborhood app and you know this messaging board and and so last year when i first came off the road i kind of post a little thing because people post things hey i'm a handyman i do this and it's like hey i if anybody's interested in in taking drum lessons you know i've seen some of those things especially in nashville you know hey guess what your neighbor teaches guitar (laughs) so i did that last year well two weeks ago i actually got a call from a guy he's a 58 year old guy that that wants to start playing drums Mm -hmm. and i had we had our first lesson on monday and it was awesome. I'm, I was. It was like hanging. I didn't have to deal with a snotty kid, right? And, you know. And it's like we were just. It was. It was great. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have to bug his parents for a check. He had his yeah. own checks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this might be cool. So where do you go to find a treasure trove of information about vintage drums, custom drums, and legendary drummers? NotSoModernDrummer.com. Since 1988, Not So Modern Drummer is an institution dedicated to researching and documenting the history of modern drums, the art of drum building, and the legendary drummers who play them. The writers and contributors are some of the top vintage and custom drum experts from around the world. 
Not So Modern Drummer serves as an online gathering place and marketplace for the worldwide community of drummers who buy and sell, collect, preserve, and play these instruments. It also hosts drum-related events that are attended by drummers from all over the world. This website is easy and fun to explore, and the monthly digital magazine subscription is free. So check out notsomoderndrummer.com. I had a similar experience with uh, um, a place that uh, I, I taught a few lessons for a little bit. It was far away. It was in Roswell, Georgia, which is like 45 minutes outside of town. Um, and I, you know, somebody recommended me for this teaching gig. It was like a, you know, a private studio where they did, you know, piano, guitar, drums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I met with the the lady who owned it and she was cool and she had tons and tons of students of her own. And, uh, you know, it was it was 45 minutes away. It was kind of a pain in the ass, but the pay was pretty good. Um, and I so I signed up for it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then over the next kind of weeks and I guess it was about a six week period, like, you know, she did not deliver on uh, promises she had made about like filling up my schedule and recruiting students. And mm. um, and, I you know, I just kind of gradually got hip to the vibe and the philosophy of the place, which was, you know, not, not, a not a bad one per se, but just didn't line up with the kind of teaching that I wanted to do. Um, and so I was talking with my wife, um, and I was, you know, I was driving 45 minutes to teach like one or two students, um, mm. you know, in hopes that in the coming weeks it would, it would get going and I would have a full afternoon there. Right. Um, but and, you know, this was a time when money was tight. And um, and to her credit, my wife, Christina, was like, fuck that place. If like <laughs> if, if it's not, you know, if it's if it's more trouble than it's worth, if you don't like the philosophy, if if, you know, having to be there one or two days a week is going to make you hate those one or two days a week. Fuck them. You'll find something else. Yeah. Um, and and I, I absolutely did. Like I. Uh, I got uh, hooked up with a, a school of rock type place, you know, nearby. It's like eight minutes from my house. Yeah. Um, and just the the philosophy and the vibe of the whole place is is right along with the kind of teaching I want to do. The students are cool. The parents are cool. It doesn't pay as much as the one that was far away. It doesn't pay as much as I would make if I was on my own doing my own home studio. Mm-hmm. But um, it kind of goes back to to like what you're willing to tolerate and what you're willing to trade for it. Like I don't get paid as much, but the place is cool. It's close by. I like the people. They handle the I was money. Say you're they not driving as much. Right. Either. Right. They handle the money. They handle the scheduling and, you know, where I'm at in my life now, I recognize like, okay, I'm willing to take a pay cut to trade all of this giant list of pain in the asses. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, um, so are you still teaching there now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going there later today, actually. Nice. Uh, Can you do some flashy stuff, man, for the students? (laughs) You know, it seems to be like there's a common theme, and I don't know if it's just kind of our perception of the music business as being like a really tough business, and so you've got to do anything. you got to scrape and claw your way just to be able to earn a dollar. So, mm-hmm. you know, you make all these sacrifices, and you beat yourself up, and and I think, I, I, I think it's easy to then create a work environment that is just not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that I think I used to I, I, I used to, I struggled with all that before where like I would beat myself up over all these things and 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 now I'm I'm sort of the same way Zach is where I'm like, you know what, I, if I don't feel like dealing with it, 
and it's not it's not worth it to me, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So right. like whether for me, I'm like whether I make all of my money doing something in the music business or I like I'd rather not make all of my money in the music business and enjoy my life than have all of these things that are pain in the ass and I don't feel like doing this. But, but, but I'm like, hey, at least I'm still in the music business making and it's like, yeah, but right. you hate it. So what the hell is the difference? <laughs> right. Because we've seen we've you know? met those people before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And exactly. that's not good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there and so, you know, I think that, you know, I don't know, man. It just comes down to happiness. So yeah, forgetting. And I think a lot of it is we are worried about what other people think about us. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, I think that people are where are scared that like, you know, maybe someone like, how would you, would you take Zach less serious if he was also a real estate agent? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, if he can play his ass off, he can play his ass off. I don't care what he does. Well, and you the know, people that I think, yeah, the people that are concerned with that, that their opinion doesn't matter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And their so opinion like, has no bearing on your happiness whatsoever. Right, Zero. Right, right. Zero. Yeah. You know, and like I, and I've said this before, and I think we even talked about it, you know, the last conversation that we had, but like one of the greatest guitar players that I know is Johnny D. Francesco. Like, I'll put him up against anyone like the dude like taught John Mayer. You know what I mean? Like he's the mm-hmm. real deal mm-hmm. and we'll play circles around anyone. And guess what? He works for Boeing. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he plays at a really high level on the weekends and you know, they'll go on the road every once in a while or he'll go to Europe or something like that. But like, he's got like a, he's got a full time gig and he's same. He's yeah. like, because I like, He's like, I like cars and I like, you know, redoing cars and I that costs money to do that. And I like right. going on vacation with my wife and I like doing all these things and I'm not willing to sacrifice uh, everything else to do that. Yeah. And one of the one of the baddest bassists in uh, Atlanta is a guy named Aaron Trubick um, and he owns uh, like an advertising company or some kind of advertising consulting firm that's based in New York. Um, so he's back and forth between New York and Atlanta all the time and, and he's playing out all the time. Um, and he doesn't like when, when you listen to him, when you hang with him, he doesn't, he doesn't sound like a weekend warrior. He doesn't feel like a weekend warrior. I mean, he feels like one of the cats, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the fact that he has this other job and this kind of separate life from music, um, like nobody gives a shit. He doesn't give a shit. Nobody else gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, like, he so plays his matter? ass off. He's a good hang. Um, it doesn't matter. Right. And I'm not I'm not trying to advocate that everyone goes out and gets a side hustle or gets a job, a day gig or anything. I'm not saying that. But it's like if you want to if you want to play 250 dates a year and you want to hustle and you want to go out and get those gigs, then I think you should. And mm-hmm. if you don't want to do that, but you still want to play at a high level, but you like, you know, you want to have a day gig, too, then I think that you should do that, too. And I used to think it was one or the other. Yep. yep. I used to yeah. think you couldn't do both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, bullshit. Yeah. And the I, think more, that's, I think that's an excuse. Honestly, I think it's, yeah. I think it's an excuse. I think it's selfish and I think it's lazy. Right. To like yeah. to like just be sitting around the house all day mm-hmm. and be right, like, right. well, you know, I'm a musician. So like I, I, I got to I play tonight. I'm like, you're playing for four hours tonight. <laughs> so like, right. You, you deal with this, the rest of your fucking day. Right. Yeah. This touches on something that, that I wanted to talk about that I, this kind of come well, in. Just to, just to clarify real quick, Zach, yeah. sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. But I'm saying I'm saying this. If you're 
if you're struggling or if you don't have enough money to make ends meet or if you're right. complaining about this or complaining about that, but you won't go get a day gig that right. I think, especially if you have like a wife or kids and all, like I think you're just being selfish and I yeah. think you're being lazy. Yeah, we so talk I'm all the time. We this. talk all Go the ahead. time about being like, you know, knowing all the styles and being able to play any gig so you can say yes to anything. But, you know, like Matt said, life happens and and you know, you got to some, you know, sometimes you got to be able to wrangle another type of work for yourself um and and say yes to some other type of gig just so life can keep going either like either you're making yeah. ends meet or you're you're using it to to get ahead to enjoy spending some money on a vacation or whatever um right. you don't you know you you don't have to be a a, a music martyr <laughs> right. um right and but, people but, wear it like a badge of honor man yeah yeah i did i did for a while too and you know my my living is still pretty much a hundred percent music. I mean, I'm writing, I'm writing bios for people now, which has been my side hustle for a couple of years. And I make a little money on that, but, um, you know, there've been, we, we talked on the last time we, uh, we did the round table about how we've all had many <laughs> jobs yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not involve drums. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I like it, though. I mean, maybe some people maybe don't like it and they're like, all I want to do is play drums. But like, I like doing that. I like doing other things. Well, it depends on the job. Like, I I certainly like writing and, uh, you know, I've had some cooking jobs that I liked. Um, I did not like the landscaping job I had 10 years ago in Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to do it and I did it. Um, but the, the, the thing I wanted to to mention was like, you talk about, you know, I'm, I'm playing tonight. I don't have to do shit today. Um, uh, my, you know, I hate, I hate the, the whole new year's resolution thing, but I, I kind of made one this year, which was, you know, I looked, I looked back on my, my last year and kind of the last few years of my life. And I realized that I had been allowing myself too much downtime mm. mm-hmm. in the average week. I, you know, I would look at the average week and just kind of add up all the time that I spent doing not much of anything. Um, and it was too much. It was, it was just too much. And I, you know, I value downtime. I think I, people who are just going all out all the time are fucking insane and mm-hmm. you need to sit down and eat a meal and mm-hmm. watch a movie and have a drink and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I just you don't need to my- do it at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. <laughs> oh, well, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> now you exactly. tell me, jeez. Man. <laughs> um, so yeah, I you know in in the last uh, month I've uh, I've been making an effort to uh, just get up earlier, not turn on the TV first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, just fill fill more hours being productive, um, and or at least effective, like you know exercise practice, um, just do, you know, do something that may, and also, you know, January came around and, and, uh, it's a, it's a gig desert for most of us, as we know. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I got on, I got on social media in January and like shook the trees for writing work. Uh, and luckily uh, a bunch of people contacted me. I've, I've, I've had like I don't know, eight writing clients in the last month. Um, so that was a way to fill some hours. It's awesome. Um, yeah, but I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to, um, create a new normal for myself as far as 
how much downtime I allow myself and, and, you know, what I can point to having accomplished at the end of every day. And it might not all end up, you know, it might not all result in, uh, in money in the bank, but, um, I, I think I, I, I'm, I, I need to feel better about every day. Like when I go to sleep every right. night, I need to have a longer list of, of, shit that I did for myself or for my wife or just for our life together that day. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's, I think it's a matter of not necessarily, and correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, like, I don't care about a, like a list of 15 things. And I'm like, Ooh, I just checked this thing off my list. What do they say? There's, uh, nothing. What's worse than, than taking a long time to do something is to do something well, that doesn't need to be done at all. <laughs> you know, so like yeah, wasting yeah. all this time on stuff that doesn't need to be be done. So for me, I'm like, okay, I there's five main things that I need to get done every single day, or like you know, I'll make a list of five things that are actually going to move the needle, and mm-hmm. it may not be mm-hmm. like that day I got a gig or a check or landed an advertising client or a, a consulting client or something like that, but like, all right. Part of it is like, all right, I want to, I need to send 10 emails a day for, for interviews for the podcast, right? That mm-hmm. keeps the ball moving forward. And so it's like all these things that That's like at the idea. end of the day, I, I can at least be like, Hey, I won the day. Right. You know, like yeah. I didn't make this huge, th- like from the thing that I've always struggled with and that it's like a constant struggle for me is just consistency. Yep. Like consistency yeah, totally. is so hard, man. It is mm-hmm. like, and is the key to anything, whether it be, yeah. Practicing, losing weight, like making money. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just like that shit yeah. is so hard. Yeah. And it's imp- it's almost impossible to create with our fucking schedule, at least my schedule. It's like no two weeks are the same. Um, right. So right. if you right. try to create consistency or a routine for yourself, uh, it's it's bound to get fucked up within you know yeah. 10 days. Um, so I, like, I'll I think- challenge anyone for like if they, like to practice five minutes a day for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's yeah. hard. Uh, yeah, for real. For real. It sounds so easy. It is so much hard. It's way easier to do five hours once a week than it is to do five yep. minutes every day for a year. Yep. Yep. So what what we what we can't achieve in consistency, we have to achieve in like taking advantage of the moment. So that's that's yeah. my problem is like if I have some time free, uh, you know, the amount of time I have free every week and and the days that I have it on are going to be different every week. So my challenge is to be able to just like flip the switch and say, OK, what am I going to do with the next hour? Um, right. It's instead of like, oh, it's Tuesday at two o'clock. That means I do X. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know? Yeah, I think I, I used to try to do that, but it's just like it doesn't work. The one <laughs> like I have a. I have a set routine in the morning. Like I'll get up, like I get up at, you know, five 30, go to the gym and then just, God, I, know, 30. Oh, I, making I us just, look bad. what's that? <laughs> making oh, us look well, bad. Five. God, what are you? Hey, don't put, don't put me you know, in that. Don't put me in that category. <laughs> I drink, <laughs> I, drink uh, I drink two raw eggs in the morning. Yeah, and, man. Uh, You're an Italian from I'll, Philly. That's what you all do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Put on my gray sweatshirt and God, that's go funny. out of the house. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, to counter what you're saying, uh, Zach, I had the opposite problem. Right. Because we were I was talking on, about this the other day. I was on the road so much that I would come home 
and I would be home for like 36 hours. And mm-hmm. so not only to like get my shit together, do laundry, um, you know, get caught up with bills and everything like that. You know, my wife Liz is like, hey, are we going to be able to do this? I'm like, okay, yeah, we've got a little bit of time. Let's, you know, uh, uh, hey, while you're here, can you do the carpool? Can you do it? I'm like, oh, no, I got to learn the song. I got to do this. I got to, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and some of the gigs that we were doing and traveling, I didn't have internet access. And so I was trying to catch up with that and podcast things and, and all those things. And so it was a constant scramble. Every minute that I was home was, was consumed. So then... I come off the road, I have a normal week, but even as it got stacked with things, I was living every day as if I had that limited amount of time. And so mm-hmm. from the so the minute I woke up to when I went to bed, it was just constant. And my mind was every, everywhere, and, and it put a strain on my relationship mm-hmm. um, with with my wife more so, but even with my kids. And so... I had to learn to kind of say, here's what I want to get done today and at, you know, when are we having dinner? When are we going to meet? Whatever to to do this. Great. I'm going to be done and I'm going to make sure I kick my ass to get done by this. So then when we sit down to have dinner and take the time to sit down to have dinner afterwards, my work day is done because when you're self, mm-hmm. and I tell my kids this all the time, when you're self-employed, there's more pressure than if you're working for somebody that's telling you what to do. You have to organize, mm-hmm. you have to be responsible, but you have to know when to check out. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So that was one of the, that was one of the biggest challenges that I think it took me months to figure out. And, uh, and I tell you, when it comes time to doing work, I'm more productive because and then the last thing I'll say is my, my oldest son was working, going to school. He started wrestling. He did all this stuff. He has a girlfriend. Life is insane. Look out. Yeah, life is insane. <laughs> he came back with his grade card with straight A's. And I was like, hmm. it was the best grade card he's ever had. I said, what is the secret? And he goes, I think because I'm so busy. I have to plan everything, and I get I'm getting stuff done because I know that I'm busy. And he still carves out time to be able to hang with his friends and play video games and do whatever he wants to do outside of that. And I'm right. like, you're learning so far ahead of so many people how yeah, to do yeah. that and the value of staying bu- people busy. People get things done. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. You know? Yes, they do. You know, I realized maybe about six months ago, I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, if I structured everything properly with Drummer's Resource, I could legit have another full-time job. Mm. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I could get, I could, I could stack a lot of the stuff. I could do a lot of the work, like a lot of the recording and all that stuff on, on nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could legitimately have another like full-time gig doing something else which is scary (laughs) you're like man maybe i waste a lot of time (laughs) and and she's saying and she's saying wait you have time (laughs) yeah she's like well then you should do that right right it's just it's just crazy like i don't know i i think that i think that we all have so much more time than we think Mm -hmm. you know and uh With and 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 without having to like work 
16 hours a day every day for the rest of your life, you know, but I think that we can get a lot more done in a day if it's just like if you, if you just kind of go through the day and be mindful of the stuff that you're doing so you're not all like, you know, spazzed out and you're like, oh, I got to do I gotta, this all this stuff to do. Or if you're just like, right. I'm just going to I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do this. I'll work on this. Then, you know, just like I think if we can learn how to like calmly move throughout the day and just get things, get, just get the things done that matter. Um, we could, you know, we could get a lot done. I think yeah, that. and it, it really, it really doesn't hurt to uh, have a, a a partner who will smack you upside the head, uh, yeah, <laughs> and just yeah. put shit in perspective real fast. A few weeks ago, I was uh, like, it was it was in the morning. I think it was in the late morning, like around ten, and uh, it was on a uh, it was on a Tuesday, so I had to teach at three thirty. And, um, I was just kind of staring off into space for a second. And, and Christina was like, what are you, what are you thinking about? What are you trying to figure out? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I have time to work out and practice a little bit and go shopping before I teach. And she paused for a second and she was like, um, that's in five and a half hours. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can probably fit all those in. I can, <laughs> I can probably get, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> Nah, you know what? I better skip the gym. Just yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, well, it kind of reminds me of that that Instagram meme where the girl's sitting in bed and the guy's sitting on the edge of the bed and he has like his hand, his head in his hand, and she's like, "He doesn't love me. I knew it." Blah 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 blah. He's like going through all this stuff, and then it shows what he's thinking, and he's like, "I'm never gonna get that 12 inch rack tom to fit over the kick drum." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's great. There's something about like when you when you when you live with someone creative or, or a writer or somebody like that when they're staring off to, into space, it's something like they're actually working. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like they're thinking yeah. of something. Yeah. One of the things uh, I've so I've got this. I kind of do have a day job, but it's playing. Um, I do this regular gig downtown Nashville, and it's it's five, six days a week, as often as I can do it, uh, but I can sub it out if I need to. But that's been really helpful because it's like in the, starts around 11 in the morning and I'm done by two in the afternoon. And then I was coming home and trying to fit in my regular exercise routine. And that was getting complicated. So I had to like move it. And the, for, for the first time in my life, I find myself like getting up at 7.30 in the morning to do that thing. Mm. I never thought that would be a thing, but that man, I've, it, I feel great. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm getting a, a jump start on the day. It's really focusing, uh, how I spend what I, uh, you know, how much I drink, how much, you know, how much I, what I eat mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. When, when I go to bed, what I, how I spend time with my family and it, and just that little thing. And it, and it makes me wonder, it's like, how, why did I resist that for so long? What, what was the thing about that? Was it kind of like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a rock and roller, man. This is a rock and roll lifestyle. You, you sleep <laughs> all day and you, you know, hang out, you drink, you, and it's like, it's you know if you want to do this it's not all about that and you know we talk about people like that live and breathe and eat consume and shit music um and there's this big attitude that goes along with it and i i think that as you if you want to make a career out of it you you have to think 
you can adopt a little bit of that persona and all that stuff, and that's all fun and cool to, to play musician. But you you still have to be mature about it. You still have to make decisions that keep you healthy and focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of bad shit out there that will mess you up. Yeah, and I think the like the more decisions you make that you know that are intentionally geared towards keeping yourself healthy and happy, mm-hmm. the more sustainable your music career is going to be. Yes, one hundred percent. Which and I don't and I don't think that you have to like I don't think that you have to get up at five thirty in the morning or whatever to like I don't think there's a certain time mm-hmm. that that uh, that people have to get up or anything like that. What I do think though is that yeah, if you're out playing till two three o'clock in the morning, then you should get some sleep and you Definitely. should get up at right. ten or eleven. Right. You know what yes. I mean? Right. Yes. Like yeah. It's like it's no different than if you work at a factory and you get done at you know seven o'clock in the morning. It's yeah. like you go home and go to bed. Right. So, so you know, I know for me, I was when I was living in Pennsylvania, like you know, most of the times I get home at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, yeah. four thirty, yeah. and I was working at my family's restaurant and I was bartending. Oof. So I would get done at three thirty in the morning, four o'clock. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. I was always. I was never in bed before two thirty, three o'clock right, ever. Right, right. So, so my entire, so my entire schedule shifted. But then, when I was like, you know, I haven't bar, I didn't, I haven't bartended in, uh, I don't know, seven years or eight years or something like that. And uh, and then, like now that I'm, if I'm not playing as much, I don't see the point in me staying up till two thirty in the morning and sleeping the whole day away. No. Right. So, yeah. you know, so I'm like, if yeah. I'm not gigging, then I wouldn't, I'll go to bed at 10, 10 30 and get up at five mm-hmm. 30, six o'clock just because mm-hmm. I'm like, I can get up, you know, I can go to the gym. I can get all this stuff done. Plus I, I have this weird thing because I live on the West coast. Now I still feel like I live on the East coast hmm. in terms of, in terms of time. So like when I get up at eight, I'm like, man, it's 11 on the East coast. I'm so far behind. <laughs> it's like, I swear to God, I still feel that way. Really? And it's such a weird thing because I'm like, you know, well, I don't live on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast now, but mm-hmm. I still so if it's if it's seven o'clock in the morning, I still it still feels like 10 to me. But wow. don't you feel like you have to correspond sometimes with people all over all over the country so that I always do. I always. Yeah. Do, yeah. So, it, you know, it's going to be later for them on the East Coast and you're going to need to make that call or, or do whatever. for whoever. Exactly. And you'll even you'll see like, you know, guys in guys in. Europe, or I'm sorry, guys in New York who are stock traders, you know, they get up at 3.30 in the morning because that's what time the markets open in Europe. Right. Mm, so, right. you know, I kind of feel that way where I'm like, the market is open in New York at, you know, <laughs> 9 a.m. So I got I got to be up for it, which is right, such a, right. it's a weird thing. I don't know if I'll, if I'll ever, uh, if I'll ever get out of that. Um, I will say just to, just to sort of, to finish all this and put a bow on it. I've seen both sides of it. I've seen, you know, going to bed at four or five, six o'clock in the morning and sleeping till 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. And I've seen going to bed at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, getting up at five thirty, six o'clock. And I would much, I'd much rather the go to bed early, get up early. And I've never been like, 
I've never been an early to bed, early to rise kind of guy. Neither have ever, I. But, Neither have I. But, yeah. it, you know, like I, hated it. Like my whole family would make fun. They're like, oh, you know, Nick's going to be up till five o'clock in the morning. Right, <laughs> right, right. But no, like like both of you guys were saying, you know, I'm I'm not getting up at 530 in the morning unless there's a flight to catch or something. But, sure. uh, you know, I'm I'm making an effort to to just get up early and and have have my day uh, well, <laughs> well on its way by by mid morning. Um just, you know, and, you know, having eating, eating lunch and having already accomplished two or three things that day is a great feeling. <laughs> it is a great uh, feeling. In, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, eating breakfast at noon and being like, well, I guess if I'm going to do, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do anything today. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a cool article, uh, the drummer from Weezer was talking about being on the road and kind of getting into the slippery slope of staying up late, uh, doing something like, you know, you're, you're drinking a little bit. And then you you're, you wake up the next morning late. You're tired. You start with the caffeine. Then you're kind of wired. You want to come back down. You start drinking. You do whatever, and you get into this vicious cycle. And I think that that's one of the things that adjusting for me adjusting my schedule to find that time. Not only is it it falls in line with with my family's schedule, but it also it helps me avoid that pitfall, which I've definitely been, which I have fallen into in the past. And it's it's an easy thing to do. You're using essentially uppers and downers to get through the life. Yeah, and that just yeah. wreaks havoc. And and the and the kind of the the last thing I'll, I'll say about this is that um, that's one of the things about being back in town in Nashville now, is that in the time that I was out on the road, there's just, there's been a whole new generation of musicians that have moved because Nashville's been huge in the last five years. It's grown, and there's people all over the country, including New York and L.A., that have moved to Nashville, including mm-hmm. a ton of young, wonderful drummers and musicians. And so they don't know who I am. I'm back in town. I'm picking up gigs from from other people that I've known for years. So I'm I'm back into working full time, which is great. But you know, last time I was on the scene, my hair wasn't so gray. <laughs> you know, so you know there is there is a certain element of ageism that is inherent in our business, in our industry, mm-hmm. especially when you're working live. Uh, and so for me to be as healthy as possible and not even give that person a chance to think about how really, how old I actually am, right? because I've got the energy and the focus to, to get the job done. Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's something else I've been thinking about like about ageism in, in the music industry and, um, there, there are a couple of guys I can I can point to and women um, who I've played with uh, over the years who are older, uh, like they're older than they should be for the gig they're on. You know, when you think about when you think about casting and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and it's not about it's not about how old they look because, you know, they all look their age. They're not dying their hair they're whatever. It's about how old they seem. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And, and, you know, they're all, they're, they're healthy, they're energetic, they're clear eyed and they bring like, you know, a youthful energy and enthusiasm to, to every gig. Um, and you know, some, sometimes casting is, is just, it is what it is and you're not going to get the gig if you have gray hair. But I think, I think, you know, staying in touch with, with youthful energy, um, 
in in music will really go a long way. And you know, there are people who are my age who they don't, you know, they don't look old. They just feel old. Mm, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Um, there's there's the opposite effect too. Um, I know plenty of people who are old, fifty year olds, and I know plenty of people who are young, you know, seventy year olds. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Totally. It's like just how you, how you're presenting yourself and and what type of like you said, what type of energy you're going to have coming to the coming to the gig. An interesting thing that you did point out for people listening is that it is the entertainment business. So, uh-huh. yes, you may not get the gig if you look old. You may not yep. get the gig if you have gray hair. You yeah. may not get the gig, you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're a little overweight and they want mm-hmm. someone who looks like he's young and fit or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, it may not play into it if you're trying to get a jazz trio gig, but it'll definitely play into it if you're trying to get the Katy Perry gig. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, and it's like we've seen people, we've seen drummers with with pop gigs that that are definitely a little bit older and 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 whatever. But I mean, I think there's so many things to do. And and like you said, Zach, about like dyeing your hair, there's there's a point in which you're making yourself look older. You know, like I'm not going to go in with like short skinny jeans with something. It's right. like I'm sorry, that's just not cool. But I'm also not going to go <laughs> pull my pants up over my waist either yeah and go you know so you know it's like i'm gonna be true to myself but i you know i kind of wonder what you guys' thought is on kind of like not sticking to your generation or sticking to you but you know kind of finding your your peer group that could be not necessarily within your age group but maybe the kind of thing um that fits you um I don't know. I mean, I think there's situations where I've been where it's just like, man, I don't know if I'm on the same page with these people because they're 20 years older than me or they're 20 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think whatever I, I mean, for me personally, like I've I've always just tried to be as authentic as possible. So right. I've played with guys who were, you know, who were 20 years older than me. And I mean, I don't know if I have played with anybody who's like significant significantly younger than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but just, you know, I'm not going to go join. I probably wouldn't join like a cake pop band, you know, <laughs> like I just, just because I like, I just, I, I don't relate to it. Like, you know, would I be in one direction? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, probably not because it's inauthentic to me, not because right. there's anything wrong with that kind of music, you know, like I also wouldn't go join like a thrash metal band. Yeah, because it's just it's inauthentic to me. So like, again, not that there's anything wrong with that either. It's just not it's it's the same reason I didn't join that that pop band like the the cover band or not join it. I shouldn't say I didn't get offered to join it, but to to sub for it. But I was just like, it's just not it's not me. It's never been me. Like I'm you know, I'm 36 now. Like I'm not I don't I'm not going to start old. Oh, my God. I've got I'll be 37 in April. What, um, when's your birthday? Uh, April 11th. April. OK. Mine's 25th. Hey, so this is kind of related. This is kind of a funny story. So I played Saturday night and it was a, it was a new new club for me. And it's it's a new setup. They didn't have a whole lot. And it was a, and um, there was an opening act and. The drummer was probably 20. And uh, so I was like, hey, man, make yourself comfortable with anything. It was a house kit, but my snare, my cymbals and stuff. I said, if you want to use my cymbals, go ahead. You know, whatever you need to. 
And uh, so we were we were chatting a bit, and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, I've never played these Istanbuls before." And he goes, "I play Minor. It's 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 kind of the symbol that guys my age use." And I was like, "You little shit! You know? What does that really? mean? What does that mean?" And I was like, "What does that mean?" I said, "I yeah." I said, "I actually have it," and I did. I said, "I've got a couple minors in my car, actually, um, too." But that's that's cool. Um, yeah. And I'm like, "You well, you better kick ass." And uh, <laughs> I think like the the age difference thing. Um, I think as as a generalization, people who are older than you um, can be close-minded, set in their ways, whatever. People who are younger than you can be uh, uh, full of shit <laughs> um, and just you know no ex- no experience and talk out their ass and whatever. Um, and I think that's you know when. When you run into generational problems, I think it's it's one of those two things. But there, um, you know, I've played with so many musicians who are older than me, uh, who are who are not close-minded, who are not set in their ways, who still have that youthful energy and that enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. I've played with musicians who are younger than me, who are wise beyond their years, yes. talented beyond their years. Yes. Um, so you know, I think. You you got to watch out for it, and you don't want to hitch your wagon to a group of people that you know you're not going to relate to for for whatever reason. But right. but and, I don't think mm-hmm. the fact that you know the fact that someone uh, is is significantly older or younger than you, um, in it. my experience, you know, certainly doesn't disqualify them from from having something in common with them and being able to learn from them and enjoy playing with them and all the rest. Right. Sure. Right. I mean, we all know like the crotchety old musician who's like ah oh, these fucking kids and blah right, blah blah right. no one's and no one's playing swing anymore and everything <laughs> sucks and, and like you mm-hmm. get those guys right mm-hmm. or you get someone you know like like uh like i mean like peter erskine or yeah. or any of these like you know guys who have been around for a long time or like don famolaro you know who are just mm-hmm. like embracing all of it they're like man this is awesome there's technology there's all these all these young great players that are pushing the envelope and they're doing all this cool stuff and they're experimenting Spending yeah. with with electronics and their experiment and like they're like this is awesome this is amazing and those are the guys who continue to work and then you got the, the other guys who are sitting around bitching and complaining and and are all crotchety about things aren't the way they used to be and it's like well guess what when you were coming up things weren't like they were you know 40 years prior either yeah so you yeah. were one of those young kids remember that you were one right. of these guys who was like you know who's playing a different style of jazz like when people started playing bebop people were like what is this Mm-hmm. Like, like, what, what is this bebop stuff? And like, mm-hmm. it was, it was pushing the envelope. And all the younger, and all the older guys were like, "This is bullshit." All these young kids are playing this bebop stuff, you know. Yeah. And so I think it's just a matter. I think it's just a matter of perspective and being open minded to like, look, look. If it's shit, it's shit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. If it right. like. And, and if someone like if someone's an asshole, they're an asshole, no matter how exactly. old they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whether something's good or bad, like art is subjective, so it's really hard to like quantify that and say whether it's good or bad. But like by and large, you know, you look at somebody like like who's someone who's like really experimental, 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 like uh, like Zach Danziger, right? Or you mm-hmm. like with with Edit Bunker, or you have you know someone like Nate Smith, or you have someone like Nate Wood who's like playing bass and and singing and all this stuff. Like those dudes are pushing the envelope and it's like mm. some of the stuff that they do is a little out right but it's amazing mm. yeah 
It's amazing. Yeah. So like, okay, that versus like, the, you know, all the gimmicky stuff that's on Instagram and all that stuff. It's like, it's crap. Right. Right. You know, not all of it. Not all of it. I'm not saying that. And I've been like very vocal about that on the podcast that like there's whatever gets people into drumming. I'm cool with. So if you want to like if you want to play with the drumstick, you know, taped to your hat or you want to play backwards or, <laughs> or you want to like you want to have these thing that makes your cymbals spin and you want to like set your drumsticks on fire, whatever. I don't care what you do as long as it's like getting people into playing. Right. But at some point, people have to realize that that's not real. Yeah, like, that's not it's not real music and it's not and you're not doing anything musically. You're a drummer and you're not a musician. And I did. Right. I even did a whole podcast about like the difference between the drumming business and the music business. Both are equally cool and both are equally fine. I don't care which avenue you want to go down, but you should know that like the drumming business and the music business are two totally different things. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think so That's many all. drummers, so many drummers conflate. Item. And I don't I don't know if it's intentional on the part of the drumming business to to uh, make people believe that lessons you learn from, uh, you know, the outlets of the drumming business are going to be applicable in the music business. Mm -hmm. But they're most of them are not. Right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, right. So, yeah. And it goes back to like the teaching gig that Matt didn't get. Like it sounds like they you know, it sounds like that place wanted to attract students and build their student base on on gimmicks. Like they, yeah. you know, because Matt, they, they basically wanted to told teach you, them the drumming business, not the right. Music business. They basically told you, show us a gimmick, show us something flashy that, yeah. like, you know, will grab a kid's attention. Well, um, it, right. and it, it's. But here's the thing that that I took away from that is, and I and we've all talked to different drummers that can deliver that kind of crazy stuff, and and I think that there's an entertainment because we're in the entertainment industry, yeah. And um, so one of this the, the regular gig that I do, there's people throw me so they're like, okay, take a solo, you know, like solo over this, and it's like I haven't really. It's taken me a few months to kind of find that improv 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 improvisational bone again to try mm -hmm. you know and, and and do that that I used to do and it's like so the band leader turns around and said yeah solo over this or you know now is a chance and that happens two or three times a gig and it's like oh yeah because we're not just doing this for drummers we're doing there's people there in the venue wanting to see something and hear something to be entertained by. So right. you can't dismiss all that stuff because you are in the entertainment industry. Um, yeah. So. But you can be entertaining without being gimmicky. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and, and you don't, you don't have to, you know, just cause you're playing a drum solo doesn't mean it has to be a hundred percent improvised. Um, you know, you, you talked about and, like, and thank you for saying that, that. Cause that's exactly what works for me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, it, I'm I'm experiencing this in my playing too. Like, it's it's okay to lean on on some stuff that you know you can do well. You know, um, there's an interview I did with a guy named Zach Albetta. It's on the Working Drummer <laughs> podcast. He talks about that. Does he really? Yeah, you should. I wouldn't really. I wouldn't really listen to what that dude says. <laughs> It's just this is there's a few things you can take away from everyone. Have you ever from seen him play? Anyone? Ah. Mm. No, I didn't. Not so I, good. Dude, I don't. I don't so look good. at anything before I talk to anybody. You know, it's, <laughs> I'm riffing. I don't know anything about my guests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No one plays immune. 
it's that it's that Philly thing, man. That's by that that was gentle. That was kid gloves by Philly standards. <laughs> oh, that was. I'm trying to be more uh, more more gentle in my in my elder years. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's tough for me, edges, buddy. Being You're from the California. Hey, I'm from the yeah. Midwest, and that's so uh, that's mean for me. <laughs> okay, I should. Uh, you're right. I should have been like, "Oh man, you sound, bro, you sound hella good, man." <laughs> you got that's it. it. You man. got it. That's it. You'll is, go far. Is that what the kids are saying? What's going on here? Hold You'll on. Go let me. Go, I gotta go grab some weed at the dispensary. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Single origin edibles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Just, just, just uh, a little side note that at Nam, I don't, I don't partake in any uh, marijuana, but uh, <laughs> there was at Nam you could buy a cup of coffee and an edible. Oof. Wow, just at man! Nam. I was that's like, what? I was amazing. like, this is amazing. I'm like, and I don't like, I, I don't. That's not my deal. But I'm like, <laughs> like that's it is pretty, amazing. Yeah, we, I, yeah. we have come a long way, my friend. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. Saying. Saying saying that's not my deal is like you should stick to that from now on because if you don't if <laughs> if you say I do not partake in any marijuana that's spoken like a true square. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was talking about coffee. I was saying I'll drink coffee. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Zing, dude. I had a singer that. Uh, no, it's just no. It's just it's not my deal. Like I think it's great that it's legal and everything. It's just not. Yeah, yeah. it's not my deal. Yeah, we, but uh, for the record, Nick Ruffini does not partake check. in any. I do of not partake the we, marijuana. We 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 had a gig <laughs> in any of the marijuanas. <laughs> we had a gig in Copper Mountain, Colorado. So on the way from Denver, the drive up there, we stopped at a dispensary, and the singer got some edibles and they're like just you just take one so what does he do he takes two and then mm. we're, we're meeting these people that he knows for dinner oh, so we're shit. there he walks in late as he does because he's a lead singer and i hear him out LSD, loud lead singer disorder before he gets to the <laughs> before he gets to the table i hear him out loud saying oh good i've got my pants on hey everybody <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, that's a that's yeah. a fun drug. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? All um, things well, in moderation, everyone, oh, including good, moderation. Uh, so, uh, just to kind of put a put a, as you say, Nick, put a bow on all this. Uh, anything coming up in Drummer's Resource or anything of note that we can let people know? Or, uh, I mean, I have some. I have some great interviews that are coming up like mm -hmm. i had uh, you guys know that I, I i think you guys know that i i was a big fish fan for years and like i've been to like 90 some fish shows or something and you like that. don't do drugs what i and i do know what I the, do you don't do. partake of the marijuana at the fish concert <laughs> i do not i do not i am i do not do drugs uh you got fishman on there I, I just got Fishman. Nice. And, awesome. And he's like, how long do you want to do this thing? And I'm like, I don't know, like 45 minutes or so. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Three hours and 45 minutes. We did the interview. Wow. So, uh, so that's coming editing. out. Yeah. No, no, no. No editing. Oh, <laughs> he's wow. like, are you going to edit this? I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> it's just going <laughs> to nice. go out. Um, so there's just like ramblings and everything. So that and like, I don't I just got some cool stuff coming up. I, Josh Freeze. I was just at his house last week. Um, so I have him coming up and uh, I just released Chris Layton from with uh, Double Trouble. I need to check that uh, out. JJ yeah. Johnson. Um, so I got that one coming out too. Um, cool. But just like I want to start doing a couple. 
I, th- I in 2018 I want to try to do a couple live events for Drummers Resource. So yeah, yeah, we've talked about that too. That's like, great. And less, sort of less of an interview and more of like a. I don't even want to call it a clinic because I don't want it to be a clinic. I want it to be like whoever it is, right? You get, uh, you know, whoever, Chris Layton, right? So we find a place and we have like an intimate meeting, uh, maybe like 10 or 12 people and people pay to get in and we'll sit down, we'll chat with Chris, we'll answer questions, maybe have a drum set set up and people can come up and actually play and he can kind of like pick apart their playing and stuff like that. Maybe we'll have some drinks, serve some food and it'll just be like this really intimate yeah. hang yeah. Um, that people can actually like get get their their questions answered or having like a couple guys and having sort yeah. of a, a panel discussion and talk about talk about career talk about gigging you know like i don't i don't necessarily i don't want to do like a drum clinic thing um i think i think this is the like the next generation of drum clinic in many mm -hmm. respects because i I, i've seen like you know rich redmond has done that his his crash course thing he's he'll bring out a uh a panel a discussion type thing yeah Mm -hmm. rather than just being like here's all my chops and then you Mm -hmm. know buy my DVD or whatever. (laughs) And good luck in the music business. (laughs) Yeah. And good luck. Yeah. Where's my limo? Um, so I mean, just, I want to try to just do, um, do some different stuff with drummers resource this year. Um, and then depending on whether we relocate or not, I, yeah, I want to either start a project or do something and I don't know how I'm not a hundred percent, uh, pushing on that right now. Um, but I also am ex- experimenting with um, some other stuff in the music business, like I was saying about helping uh, artists and and brands and labels and stuff like that with podcasting and and yeah. audio because I think audio is the is the next wave of of what's going on um, because just because it saves people time. So whether it be Alexa Voice or podcasting or um, um, Alexa skills that you can train, that you can, that you can have your Alexa, like do what's called a flash briefing. So you could be like, Hey, what's my flash briefing? And it'll be like, well, drummers resource released a new podcast today. Would you like to listen to it? And you can mm-hmm. just listen to it right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of like the area that, that I'm, that I'm looking to get into and then, and, but doing it in the music business. So like really niching down, um, yeah. cause that's just what my area of expertise is. Technology cool. is opening up the doors yeah. for new ways of making a living and, and being Definitely. creative. And it uh, sounds like you're tapping into that. And, and, and as more and more people within different parts of the industry become hip to that, then mm-hmm. those of us that enjoy doing this, uh, can, can tap into that, you know, for sure. Right. Um, right. and who knows? I, I may become a real estate agent. I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, so be it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. But like, who knows? Who yeah, knows? I want to see your. I want to see your picture on a park bench in L.A. within five <laughs> there years. Go. There you go. Um, I, I, I just I want to make mention that that I've got a interview coming up with a with a guy that a, a producer friend of mine uh, recommended, and I'm I'm kind of excited because this has just all happened recently. I don't know if anybody knows this this guy, but hopefully they will. Uh, Doug Belote. He's oh a, yeah, New Orleans drummer. Yeah, and he's working on a documentary um, of New Orleans drumming. Cool. And um, I'm excited, man. I'm real excited to uh, to chat with him. Uh, so I that'll think. Come out. Uh, I think he's friends with a guy named Shane Terrio. 
Shane yeah. Terrio is a guitar player, plays with Hall Notes. He's a buddy of mine, and I think like I know that name definitely. Yeah, I know that name, Shint. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different uh, a bass player with the last name of Terrio. That's why oh, I was okay. like, how do I know that name? Yeah, so yeah, because uh, I think like every mm-hmm. yeah every I think actually yeah I think Shane is the one that told me about this documentary because like uh, mm-hmm. Ziggs in it and Stanton and Johnny Vadakovich and Shannon Powell and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he and 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 Doug, not taking anything away. I mean, he he's a he's a badass. Uh, I've mm-hmm. seen some, and and the people that he's worked with has been pretty amazing. And after Katrina, he lived in Nashville for a little while, and was making some really fast inroads with some heavyweights. Before uh, and this is what I need to find out is he moved back to New Orleans, which you know I can make some guesses why, but um, at the same time, uh, I don't think he would be a a, a stranger in any town. He's that just mm-hmm. that kind of guy mm. you know so that's what's yeah going for show and uh and cool, i think man. that yeah and, and 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 trying to find i think we're kind of on the same page uh mike and zach and i have been discussing off and on just some some ways to to uh you know f- find uh ways to utilize the the podcast in the the uh what's been built up over time and how to to kind of take that to Maybe not to a next level, but to another level, with the with hopefully the reputation and and the the thing that's been built up. And and Nick, you've known about us since we've started, man. I mean, I was coming to you on hands and knees and saying, "Hey, man, I'm starting this thing. How can you help?" <laughs> uh, so you so it's been nice to see, and it and it and it kind of start to take on a life of its own. That I think the yeah. three of us are just trying to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, like, I think it's I, I I love that you guys are still doing it. You know, like they always everyone gets like the podcast fade where they're like, you know, it's once a week and then it's every two weeks and it's once a month and then it's like <laughs> once every two months and then they just right. disappear. Yep. You know. Yep. So I'm glad that you guys are are still doing it. Like I, you know, I I love what you guys are doing. I mean, obviously, you know, that I I dig what you guys are doing. So well, you too, man. Yeah, man. It's in, and and I appreciate you taking some time with this and and us again and checking in it's it's fun and all that good stuff and i had a bunch of notes we got to do this in person we didn't cover any yes. of this yeah fly us out come on man let's do this yeah man <laughs> yeah, yeah man. fly us out he says <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, some... I like how you just slip that in there real quick <laughs> yeah you know it's like my friend here every time somebody's on the phone he'll 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 go up to him and say hey man get me on it get me on it I was like, I'm talking to my mom. I know. I need a gig. Get me on it. <laughs> yeah, man. Fly, like, fly us out. Get us, uh, get us some per diem. Uh, we'll be there. Are you guys cool with flying private? I'll just, <laughs> I'll send. I'm surprised. I'll send the, uh, the drummer. I'll, I'll send the, uh, the the drummer's resource jet to get. <laughs> yes. Good lord. Yeah. A decommissioned uh, Iron Maiden jet. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be. I'll literally like send it to you in the mail because it's, uh, <laughs> it's a micro machine. That's there you great. Go. Wow, went back for that one. Mm. Cool. Anything else, right, well, y'all? Wait, wait. Well, Zach, you did. What do you? What's your? What's your deal? No, no, no don't, don't, don't. Got it. Oh man, Nick, don't. Okay, don't fine. encourage him. Shit. All right, Zach, <laughs> go ahead. 
<laughs> my deal. Um, I'm uh, I've I've got calls out to uh, Tyler Greenwell Falcon, who's you know JJ Johnson's uh, drumming partner in in Tedeschi Trucks. I'm trying to get him. Uh, I met uh, Johnny Rab here about six months ago, and I and uh, been emailing with him. Um, so yeah, just uh, moving moving forward with uh with the interviews um and uh a lot of a lot of playing coming up in in march and april january and february are always kind of you know uh the the valley but um a lot of a lot of plans starting in march and uh just trying to keep up with this goddamn house that we just bought yeah (laughs) (laughs) speaking of to-do lists there's a lot of projects A lot of little projects that got to happen. It so. never ends, my friend. It never yeah. ends. Awesome, dudes. Well, thanks. Good deal. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you. It's always uh, always great chatting with you guys. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, there was that roundtable number two. I was thinking we were going to spend a little bit more time discussing the previous 10 months and what had happened. And we I think we kind of touched upon that. But at the same time, I think the natural flow of the conversation just took its own course and we just went from one subject to another that I think was um, inspired by the last 10 months and something that uh, was worth discussing, whether it was um, dealing with major changes that we had to go through, uh, new opportunities that presented themselves uh, in music, just handling different ups and downs from my end. I just really enjoyed uh, talking to those guys and getting caught up, uh, especially with Nick. It's just been a while uh, since we had a chance to talk to him. And uh, I also encourage you to check out the Drummer's Resource. I'm sure uh, that you are hip to that. But if you are not, Nick Ruffini's Drummer's Resource is uh, great. It's just a, a wonderful resource as uh, as a podcast and uh, other things that he offers on his website. So check that out for sure. As always, stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview. Many thanks goes to Mike Jackson for his technical assistance. Once again, you can find us on iTunes where you can subscribe, leave a comment. This always helps us grow. Hey, everyone, we want to tell you about a new podcast we've become friends with. It's the Music Mensch Podcast. It's an informative and entertaining new interview show that is devoted to giving musicians the tools they need to thrive and survive in the music business. Creator and host Matt Van Heil produces a weekly spotlight for professional guest artists to give advice on a specialized topic. From practice tips and the importance of mentorship to self-investment and securing your financial future, The Mensch has got you covered. It's the knowledge you've been looking for without endless searching. Go to www.mattvanheilmusic.com slash podcast where you can find The Mensch blog with summaries of each episode highlighting informative talking points. The Music Mensch podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. That's Matt Van Heil, M-A-T-T-V-A-N-H-I-E-L, music.com slash podcast. Thanks to everyone so far that has purchased a Working Drummer Podcast shirt. We are selling those for only $10, so uh, check those out on workingdrummer.net. You can find the shirts, and we have all the sizes. So thanks so much for listening, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.